Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, August 31st, Fightful.com. It's the post-Raw podcast. We got shows after SmackDown, after NXT, after AEW, Tuesdays and Wednesdays now for the next couple of weeks. So tune in. If you're watching NXT on Tuesday night, we've got a live post show. Don't worry. Uh, check that out. We just got a ton of stuff. We had SummerSlam post shows and, and WWE Payback post shows. We got a bunch of MMA podcasts. I want to thank you guys so much. We did 150,000 downloads, listens, views, all that good stuff since the Thunderdome weekend, so a big thank you, and also a big thank you to my co-host here, Denise Salcedo. How you doing, Denise? Happy Monday. I'm glad to be back. Another week, another week to talk about Raw. It is another week to talk about Raw, and there's there are things to talk about. They added some stakes to this show tonight. Uh, Singer Vampire sends us a super chat and says, good luck with the show tonight. If you want your statement or question read on the air, donate a Super Chat if you're watching live here at YouTube.com slash Fightful. We will read your question or your statement on the air. We'll discuss it a little bit. But either way, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. It helps us a ton, and it lets you know when we're going live. It lets you know what we're doing. Uh, As you guys have seen in the past, uh, sometimes we don't... uh, end up in your subscription boxes so lately we have been and you all have probably been seeing our shows a lot more tap that bell for notifications it helps you either way but we get a super chat right out of the gate from our dude eloquent and he says nxt won't be the same without mauro ranallo mauro leaving wwe and nxt what do you think denise I didn't see it coming whatsoever, to be honest. I felt like I just saw the news. I saw when Dave tweeted it, and I just thought, wait, what? Like, it took me a second to, like, really register that this was happening. And it was kind of just one of those things that came out of nowhere where I just did not see it coming. And, I mean, in hindsight, maybe looking back, not seeing him call the pay-per-view, then maybe. But I, I it's, it's pretty surprising. I think he's a huge loss because he's one of those guys that is a legit sports announcer and, you know, brings something so unique to the table and to the announce team that hasn't been brought by anybody else before. I know a lot of people don't like his work. I really do. But, I mean, then again, 
quite frankly, I, I grew into MMA fandom as someone who listened to his MMA work and his boxing work. So I am very, very used to Mauro Ronaldo and, and the type of excitement that he brings to a show. I think that as far as NXT TakeOver goes, nobody calls a big NXT TakeOver match like Mauro Ronaldo. I think he's very special in that regard. I mean, a lot of people, anytime anybody leaves WWE, they go, oh, well, will he go to AEW? I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he left, and he is a very in-demand commentator. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I don't like when when somebody leaves, it's like, oh, that person's going to go to AEW. Like, even with Renee Young, it's it, I think it's like having the mentality that you're in this bubble, not realizing how many other opportunities there are out there. So I don't see him, you know, I see him doing, obviously, continuing more along with the stuff that he's already doing within sports. Our dude Wild Boy says, even though it was three matches, when's the last time WWE had a pay-per-view with all the titles changing hands? Well, I, I don't know right off the top of my head, but that did stand out to me, Denise. Like, we were heavy on title changes last night, right after SummerSlam, a big show, and a lot of titles changed hand, even, even the uh, Universal title in which The Fiend won last week. I think there was a lot of things overall that surprised me from Payback, considering that, I mean, you blinked, it was like SummerSlam, you blinked, and then it was Payback, and I wasn't expecting everything that went down on the show to actually happen. So there was a lot of surprises. And overall, I did like all of the moves that they made and all of the title changes that they made on Payback. We also have a super chat from Rob Wilkins says, hope everyone has a fantastic September piece. Well, I will not be cursing in September, Denise. I can't believe it. You're a changed man. I am. You have trained me well. You've trained me to not curse. Now, Hey, still go pick up your Dong Lord shirt at shop.fightful.com. Even scoot on over to Wrestle Talk. Uh, technically a, a competitor, but hey, put a little money in my pocket with that FTF shirt. It can mean friendo that friendo. I'm all for Steven Larson. Uh, Annika yeah. JMT says, what is this no swear September you've been talking about? Uh, Patel Ron, uh, one of our viewers, made me a little wager that I couldn't go the full month without cursing on Twitter. Well, that's going to be the tough thing because I deal with some fools on Twitter. Usually, if people go out of their way to come to this show, they're they're not going to hate watch it. Some people do, but man, uh, that but, one's going to be tough. But what's in it for you? What are you winning if you don't curse at all for the month of September? Well, I, I from what I understand, it's supposed to be a 1K donation. But, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. The, in which I can kind of decide what it goes to, and I'm very excited about that. There's a lot of really good causes locally to hear. Um, my wife, my wife is a special education teacher. There's a lot of help that could be done there. So I, I, that's got to be clarified, specified. But you know what? I'm willing to kickstart this this wager, this bet. Uh, and I mean, hey, if it, if it does something good uh, for somebody, yeah, sure. I think that that sounds fun. Anakin JMP right. says, FYI, Sean, you're only getting one package of cookies from me. I, man, you gypped me. What the heck? Wait, you're getting cookies? Yeah, because I didn't curse. Fair. I didn't curse last night, and I heard you did. Oh, well, I, I did it. It's a lie. People saying that I cursed and made it seem like I have this filthy potty mouth. You do. I didn't say anything bad. You do. You do. <laughs> See, that's the thing. There are a lot of people that are like, man, Sean, one day all of your ad reads is going to prevent Denise from getting a job with WWE. They're, they're not, they're going to think that, 
they're going to think that she advocates that. No, it's her potty mouth. WWE doesn't doesn't want Denise because of her potty mouth. There's a lot of already unfortunate things that are floating around the internet about me that I don't want anyone to see, any future employers to see. Well, for example, that hammer clip, that's that's embarrassing. (laughs) And there's some other stuff where I'm like, you know what? If people don't know me, I could seem pretty questionable. Well, I mean, the way that... I'm not considering the nature of my wife's job. I've been like, man, what if people find that? And I'm like, well, ultimately it's an entertainment program. We are an entertainment news program, and sometimes we entertain. And uh, I'm all for that. Evan Wright says, can't wait for Morrow to bury WWE on Talk is Jericho slash sarcasm. Well, I mean, I don't think he will, but I think he'll be very honest about his experiences if he does go on there. And Anakin JMT says, Morrow brought an energy that will put him on the list of all-time great wrestling play-by-play announcers one day. A lot of people forget how good he was on New Japan on Access for years and years and years before WWE. That's what helped put him on their radar. He was He's always really good, but uh, any any other kind of final thoughts about, about him yeah. as we move on? See, one of the things that everybody always mentions is the fact that he brings this energy. And here's the thing about Morrow's energy is that not everybody has that. I think a lot of people try to emulate that. And it's very obvious when people try to do that style. But if it doesn't come natural to that person, it's just not going to work. So I feel that Morrow was definitely one of those rare gifts that we were able to have in the announce team. And obviously, we're all going to miss his you know pop culture references. He bought, He brought some really, really cool you know, one-liners and whatnot to the product. So he is honestly going to be very, very much missed. Kiwi Rob says, I have some bad news for you. Wade Barrett is coming back to WWE to the NXT desk full-time. Of course, he was doing NWA commentary, but I think this would be a good spot for Wade Barrett. Um, However, I do think they they need someone with some excitement in their voice in that booth because all due respect to Wade Barrett, Tomorrow's tough to replicate. You can't. And see, if you try to replicate that, though, right away, it's just not going to work. If you're being put in a situation where the person that just left is known for doing a certain style and you try to replicate that, it's not going to work. Even if he were to try, even if he did have all of that energy and he was good at it, I think that people would still draw those comparisons. And so it's kind of hard to... uh, be your own person. So I think until some time goes by, then he'll be able to do, you know, whatever he wants. Anakin JMT says, no, one package with both types of cookies, Sean. Denise, you dropped the S word. Hey, there you go. Well, we'll start. Oh, okay, so that's not bad. The we'll, S word. Yeah, we'll get back to the cookies later. We want to stay on topic here. But Evan Wright says, give me Kelly Kelly or Kevin Kelly. Not Kelly Kelly on commentary. Kevin Kelly, Morrow and Gino as a team. And Richard Martinez said, are all current feuds stuck in a weird time loop? So I posted this tweet tonight. WWE Raw tonight, Owens and Orton, second time in August. Shelton Apollo, third time in August, fifth time since June. Dominic and Rollins, fourth time in eight days. Iconics and Riot Squad happened four times in August. Uh, Street Profits, Angel, Andrade, three times since July 2030th, maybe. And then five singles matches. It's lazy, Denise. I like the show tonight, but it's lazy. 
Yeah, I, well, I think we've been seeing that a lot. Like, this isn't just an August thing or a summer thing or whatever. I feel like we've been seeing a lot of repeats of a lot of matches. And I, I know that because I remember talking about so many things that we saw happened over and over. But honestly, I thought that tonight's Raw was fairly good. I thought that it was a good follow-up uh, to Payback. I thought it was a better follow-up to Payback than the Raw after SummerSlam was. So, Yeah, uh Jonathan Hedman says, Mora will be missed. This stinks. Uh, indeed, I, I don't think you've seen the last of him in wrestling. And if you've watched combat sports, you definitely have not seen the end of him. So uh, I started Raw 40 minutes late tonight, Denise. Um, I did not watch until 8.40 p.m. Eastern. About an hour 40 into the show, I was caught up. So I... I was well ahead of pace there. It shows you how much filler there is on this show. And again, I like the show. But then again, I think maybe the reason that I like the show is because I tuned in 40 minutes late and got to fast forward through all the commercials. That makes it a lot easier to watch. I don't have the privilege of doing that. But I mean, if you can, like, go for it. Because I know it has made a difference when I have in the past. Yeah, I don't usually get that opportunity, but I've learned, I've found that when I do, uh, I end up liking the show a lot more. But <laughs> this had Randy Orton with quite the ship on or chip on his shoulder, and he says, uh, "Wait, it's eleven twenty-one Eastern, so it's not September yet." He says, "You're goddamn right, I'm entitled," and they censor his filthy potty mouth out. I bet that upset you, Denise. Um, but he says that he'll jump through hoops tonight and face Drew at Clash of Champions. Randy Orton shows a really dumb picture of all the legends he's killed in the hospital. This is so dorky, but at least he can play it off okay. Yeah, it was really random. Uh, I don't, you say that he can play it off okay, but yeah. it isn't something that I necessarily would connect to Randy Orton's character, having this sort of dorky edit on the big screen. That's not something that a Randy Orton type of guy normally does. Jimmy just sent me <laughs> just sent me a a message and he said if you don't curse all month all month I'll match the wager. What? Wow, Sean. Wow. Can it just there you go, go all these good causes can it just all go to me? Oh, are you really going to be that evil? No, no I, I can't. I was going to say, I don't see it. Bring out I, the Los Angeles in I can't, you. I can't. Yeah. Got to be a little selfish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Hollywood Salcedo over there. Exactly, exactly. Keith Lee interrupts, and when I hear him talk, and that, that is just the way he talks. He's not like putting on an act. That's the way he's, he, he speaks in interviews. Either Vince McMahon is going to love or hate the way that Keith Lee speaks. But Ziggler attacks him from behind, uh, and what we have is, it's a mini-tournament. It was three semifinal matches, the winners go to a final match, and it crowns a contender. Denise, I like this, I'm excited to see what you think of it, but to me, it's like you have a bunch of people in there, you have Ziggler in there, who's rehabbed himself a bit on underground, Orton, who's lost two times in a row, but that's what I thought was clever, because I always want to see winners face each other, and Orton's lost twice in a row, but to get this title shot, you have to win. You have to win something. It's not just Orton coming out and saying, oh, I get my title shot. He says that he should have had a title shot, but instead he was going to win these matches. What did you think when they announced a, a top contender semifinal tonight? 
I loved it because it felt like a real important main event. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about the match just yet, but overall, it felt really important, especially for a Monday Night Raw. I thought it was great. I thought the idea of how they went about it was great, especially because how the Randy Orton Drew McIntyre match fit. Even though it was a decisive win, at the same time, it wasn't because of the way that they played it off. So Randy Orton sort of going through all of these obstacles to get that rematch, I think not only adds to his character, but it adds to the whole storyline with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. And I don't think that it's too soon for them to have this rematch because, again, the way that they ended things at SummerSlam, it... it, it makes it feel like that much more important that, hey, you know, he got one over on Randy Orton, but can can Drew McIntyre get another one um, at Clash of Champions? So I love this. And in terms of Keith Lee and how he looked, I thought that I love the way he talks. I love the way that he delivers things. And it's he has like a very uh, soothing, serious oh, voice. Yeah. But when Dolph Ziggler came out and attacked him, though, I was not crazy about that whatsoever. I was just like, no, I do not want to see this whatsoever. Uh, but, yeah, so I didn't like that part of it. But, yeah, I'll say the rest well, what, what part didn't you like? Did you not like that it was Ziggler? Oh, I didn't like yeah, I didn't like that it was Ziggler because it was just like that. It was kind of the thing where everybody was like, oh, every time somebody comes up to the main roster, the first person that they face is Dolph Ziggler, and we see them working. And then I'm thinking, okay, this is not going to happen with Keith Lee. Yeah. And then you have Keith Lee, Dolph Ziggler doing this, and I'm thinking, God, this is the thing that we didn't want. However, after with how the match turned out, I did sort of you know, spit, take back some of my words for what I said because I did think that the second half of the match with Keith Lee and Dolph Ziggler was actually really great, um, but I thought that things could have been a little bit different. Yeah, Ziggler made Lee look like a million bucks. Um, besides them having Lee work from underneath, I think that it's just so stupid. They do this all the time with like Keith Lee, with Big E, with Braun even. You got these big, bad dudes, and they work from underneath. Matt Riddle, all last night, worked from underneath Baron Corbin. Sometimes you want to watch baby faces beat people up. One of the reasons people loved Anderson Silva so much in the UFC for a long time is because he was a sniper. He'd punch you, kick you, knee you, and destroy you. Ah, it's so frustrating. But uh, Lee kicked out of a zigzag, which made him look good. And Ziggler is fresh, not fresh off, but kind of fresh off of that Drew feud. And he's a former world champion. So this is another feather in Keith Lee's cap. And I gotta say, that free fall uh, drop that Ziggler did for him... Lee took a great famouser. That was that he did that really well. He did the pounce and uh, the the power bomb out of the super kick looked really good. Now I know there were some people we call it MMA math in MMA. They're like, oh well, this person beat this person, so that means they could beat this person. I'm okay with Ziggler getting more offense than Orton because they they have the old saying, styles make fights. And just because you're facing competition that's lesser, it doesn't necessarily mean that that you're going to blow them out of the water just because you blew somebody else out of the water. Like, it depends on the style of the opponent. Like, maybe Dolph Ziggler gives Keith Lee more problems than Randy Orton. And, and it's it's not necessarily based on their place on the card. What did you think about this? Because you, you kind of mentioned having some issues with it. Right. So the, I, so you know, you, you made a good case for all of that in terms of MMA, but I thought that for me... 
I, like I said, I didn't like the first part of the match because I thought that they took too long to get to the part where where Keith Lee is looking impressive, doing all of these big power moves and seeing basically Dolph Ziggler bump for him like crazy. And when I was watching this match and I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing that not happen, I'm thinking, okay, how is Keith Lee struggling to get a win over Dolph Ziggler? when he just beat Randy Orton, who, again, is on a higher level on the roster. So in that sense, I was not a fan of that whatsoever, and that's why I didn't necessarily like it. I thought that had they gotten to it faster where where Keith Lee comes out and he really just, like, you know, looks like this, you know, monster in the ring and does all these powerful stuff, I thought that would have made a bigger uh, impression for Keith Lee. But, I mean, we did get to it afterwards, so that's why I'm not, like, completely hating sure. on it because we did get to it afterwards. Dizzy C says, seems like Vince is super high on Lee. Yeah, based on the way that he's been booked, it seems as if Vince is pretty fond of, of Keith Lee based on who takes pins, who beats who, who says what, how something has worked. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, I think we saw hints of that, too, in the main event. Like, there was little things, I mean, with the finish being the most obvious one, where you can tell that there are certain things that are being done to protect Keith Lee. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nia and Shayna are argue over who, arguing over who led the team last night. Asuka interrupts. Shayna's mad. Asuka hits her. And I don't think we saw them the rest of the night. We didn't see Nia and Shayna like the rest of the night, did we? No, we didn't actually. And it's funny too because last week I was completely hating on this. That was the thing I absolutely hated the most on Raw was the fact that all of a sudden they're a team. But after them winning the bouts, I gotta say I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it anymore. Uh, kind of putting a bow on the Lee Ziggler match. Uh, Dizzy C says I think the most impressive thing Lee did in the Ziggler match is when he kicked out at one and threw Ziggler halfway across the ring. It is things like that that make an impression. Like, there is a kid, a 9, 10-year-old kid watching somewhere, and he's never seen that before. And that will make an impression on that kid. When I was a 9-year-old kid, I saw Ahmed Johnson body slam Yokozuna, and I was like, oh my god, Ahmed Johnson is going to be the next biggest star. And I thought he was, and even though he wasn't, he was always, like, over to me. And they, they can make impressions that way. But yeah, I agree. Oscar comes out. She says she's ready for anything. And uh, Mickey James comes out a couple weeks after she lost by count out in about four minutes. I think what it is is that she did an interview with you and she just felt on top of the world. And she was like, you know what? I can take on anything. I talked to Denise Salcedo. She motivated me. And I'm ready for anything. And she got rid of those stupid flappy pants, too. I didn't have a problem with those pants. Oh, they're horrible. They're horrible. It upset me when Lana came out and said, you haven't evolved. You've had the same gear since 1998. And I said, the, the hell she has. I trash those those flappy pants all the time. She looks like Princess Peach in Super Mario Brothers 2. Like, you know, where she runs and then she just floats down with the flappy pants. Now she's got new great gear. Salute to you, Mickey James. Salute. Sean, I didn't know you were such a fashionista. Oh, of getting, course. Uh, uh, hating on the flappy pants. Of course. I'm, I'm, the fashion, I'm the fashion god of Fightful. I mean, you can, call you, me, you can call me Fashion Lord, too, if you would like. I mean, it's okay. 
Yes, I, I see you sporting the great looks every week. Yeah, but three honestly, stripe life though, right now. Honestly, though, in terms of like Mickey James, in that interview, she did say that she wanted a singles program, and she mentioned how she hadn't really had one since Alexa Bliss. So, kind of seeing like what she wants and seeing what happened today on Raw, I am seeing her inching closer to that. Obviously, you know, her not getting an entrance, her having a big distraction in her mat in her match a couple weeks ago was definitely not what we had hoped for for Mickey James. So and now I think that they're maybe going down a better path with her. Uh, I do like Lana and Natalia though, Me as too. like that mean girl team, just because Lana does so well. And she's that girl that she's that girl that you all know that is so perfect. And it's all about the trends and the fashion and all of that. And she's just so mean and she plays the part so well. And she, whether fairly or unfairly has the reputation anyway. She's got natural heat. I mean, for the love of God, she posts a TikTok, and I see people on Twitter complaining about it. I'm like, leave, leave the woman alone. She wants to dance or something. Let her, let her TikTok all she wants. Uh, Lazy Evans in our super chat says, they really have no one for Asuka to fight. Maybe instead of having Shayna go for the tag titles, hashtag FTJ, hashtag odd couple tag teams, hashtag peanut allergy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Asuka wants to fight all of them. She wants to fight all of them. But she doesn't do that. Instead, it's Mickey taking on Lana. And um, this is after Lana and Natalia attack. And I got to say, for all the criticism that Lana gets, and all these people that love, they just love for it to be cool to trash Lana, I haven't seen any matches in like the last year and a half, two years, that, that are offensive that Lana has been in. She is not the greatest worker in the world. She is not there to be the greatest worker in the world. I've not seen her look bad in the ring. She gets in there. She does what she's good at. She sticks to that. And I think that's all you can ask for. And I respect the fact that she has obviously worked hard to do this. She was working a lot of matches like 2018 to get ready. And then all of a sudden they're like, boom, no more. You're working like 10 times a year. I I don't mind seeing her work at all. And plus... I don't see it every single week, so I'm not so tired of it. It's not being shoved down your throat. And the thing about Lana, too, is that I, I mean, this may not sound very nice, but I don't have these high expectations for her matches. So I expect what I expect and I get what I get. Uh, kind of like what you just said right now, but I don't, I don't think that she does a bad job. Like, I get what I expected from her match. Yeah, and uh, this was a fine match. Uh, I liked the finish. I thought Lana sold the the head kick rather well, or, or the wheel kick rather. If I'm a WWE agent, though, I don't know who's producing this stuff and who's agenting this, but they're letting like four or five frog splashes on a show. That's Montez's move. They're letting two or three wheel kicks on a show. That's Alistair Black's move. Like Mickey's got like two or three finishes. Like yeah, could, and then we're also seeing Dominic do the frog splash, too, so oh, that's another one. Yeah, we were seeing Apollo do it, Sasha do yeah. it, Dominic do it, and Montez do it. And all due respect to all of those people, nobody is doing it better than Montez Ford. It's the greatest of all time. And Alistair Black, let me tell you, I practiced that kick thousands of times in my life. The accuracy in which he's able to do that move is uncanny, and it is displayed in the speed in which Mickey does hers, and... The lack of technique, no disrespect to her. It's just, it's 
not an easy one to land. But I would I would probably let the guy who uses that as his finish keep that as his finish. But I thought this match was just fine, and I'm glad Mickey got a win because, as Dizzy C says, she go or uh, they say I think it's a she. Sorry, sorry, uh, Dizzy C. I don't know why I assumed your gender. Dick move on my part. <laughs> I thought Oscar versus Mickey James at Takeover was an underrated good match. Uh, if they get match a match the next pay per view, they can do some good stuff. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd be fine with that. But what I would like to see is Mickey win two or three matches, not just one, two or three. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I want to see Mickey James in a serious singles program. I think actually after she mentioned it, I mean, it was something that I think I already wanted and a lot of the fans wanted. But after hearing her say it, it's kind of like, oh, now that idea is really put into my head and I want to see it happen. And it would feel different. Like we've said, so many of the women's storylines are all bunched in together. Like, let's separate them a bit. And Anakin JMT says, I love their match at TakeOver. If they're given time, it could really show that Mickey can still go at a high level. That's the thing. I don't doubt at all that Mickey can still go at a high level. But we do kind of need to see it because I know the the knowledge and the ability is there. Because she's, quite frankly, one of my favorite women's workers ever. But this was her second match since June 1st, 2019. And even before that, Denise... She took two months off because she worked at WrestleMania Battle Royal, and that's it. Before that, she was off for two months. So from February 11th, 2019, we have seen Mickie James work um, the match tonight, the match a couple weeks ago, a house show, and a Battle Royal. That's it. We haven't seen a long, extended match. Really, the last time we've seen anything like that is the tag match she had with uh, Alexa against Nia Jax and Tamina last January. Like we're we're not getting to see a lot of her work, so hopefully they well, can here's show that the, off. Here's the thing too is that I think that they could use Mickey James as an asset in terms of one of the things that I was thinking about uh, after watching Payback is that Liv Morgan is that one person that obviously she's still green in the ring. We we know that, but she she tries. She goes out there. She puts on you know the best match that she possibly can. But I think that having her work with people like Mickey James uh, would be somebody that can help her sort of get those kinks out. And because I honestly think that Liv Morgan is one of those women that could be a top star on the roster if given the right opportunity. She's got the character. She's got the look. She's got so much that can benefit her. And so I think working with somebody like Mickey James would be something beneficial for somebody like Liv Morgan. Yeah, and Cyclops is better than Wolverine brings up a good point. Disappointed by the lack of Bianca on this show. She's one they could get ready. She's never she's never been pinned. But it's an She comes in, has high moments, and then it seems like it's just forgotten the week after. It's the Aleister Black situation. She doesn't get pinned. They never mention that she doesn't get pinned. And then they're like, oh, well, we don't know what to do with her, so we better not book her at all. That's the WWE, one of the, the biggest WWE tropes that frustrates me. When they don't have immediate plans for somebody to win a title and they don't want to beat them, then they just don't use them, and it's frustrating. When you have a lack of confidence in your own creative abilities and booking to put a good character on TV, because, oh no, we can't have him do just not, we can't just think of another program. Oh, come on. Yeah, have her fight Zelina for the 50th time. Patel Ron 6 says, R.I.P. The Big Show Show. 
and SRS's profanity for a month. Yeah, I'm I, I'm sticking to this. I'm sticking to this, but the big show show got canceled. I know, it's very unfortunate. I watched the entire show and That's honestly <laughs> No, honestly, it was a good show. It was like very family friendly. Did you watch it? You no, didn't watch it? I watched the trailer. Come oh, on. Come on. Sean, get out of your bubble. Start yeah. checking out some new shows. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying that all the shows on Netflix are all dark and, and uh, like all the shows that I watch are, you know, evil or whatever. There's no like happy shows that you can just watch and have a few laughs with. And I'm a fan of like comedy sitcoms. So sitcoms, am I saying that right? All right. The point Sounds is like I'm a, a Bluetooth fan of segue. Shows. What? Nothing. Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. I'm. <laughs> the point is, I was looking forward to a season two. What did I say? You said sitcoms. Oh, what? Am I not saying it right? <laughs> Serious? It might be your <laughs> accent, but it probably is sitcoms. I can't. Okay, there. I can't talk. Situ- I'm done. Situational comedies. There you go. I'm just going to say situational comedies. <laughs> you might want to for a while. Uh, Lazy Evans says even when Mickey wasn't re- was wrestling, she wasn't winning anything. She's like Natalia without the, hey, hashtag super chat doesn't allow me to say what FTJ means and it sucks. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, just use FTF and buy the shirt. Well, we had another match in the Top Contender semifinal, and I really, really liked how this played out. Randy Orton was seen coming out of uh, Aleister Black's locker room, and he had that creepy look over Charlie's shoulder, which is good. But Aleister Black shows up and hits Black Mass on Kevin Owens. I think they have criminally misused Kevin Owens. Uh, but I thought this was pretty fair, because Owens is telling the ref, no, I still want to fight. I still want to fight. So he looks gutsy. And Orton is that slimy jerk. He is just that jerk. And he's like, I don't even have to do anything. And then Owens chops him real hard. And Orton's like, nope, not going to play around here. RKO. This set up Alistair and Owens, which I thought was going to happen last night. It advanced Randy Orton. It made Orton look like more of a heel. It made Black look like more of a heel. Got some sympathy on Owens. I liked everything about this, honestly. Yeah, I thought how it was all laid out worked out pretty good for all three men. And it just, like you just said, it just furthered along everything that they're doing. And I honestly cannot wait to see Aleister Black, Kevin Owens. And I like that they didn't do it right away. And now Kevin Owens just essentially got beat up twice. So now he should be really pissed and seeking some sort of revenge. A reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. We have shows after NXT, after SmackDown. After AEW and after every pay-per-view. But that's not it. FightfulMMA.com. If you're into MMA, Shaquille Missouri has taken over that end. He does these great Fightful Fix news updates. Uh, go check out YouTube.com slash FightfulMMA. I would consider it a personal favor if you did that. We're really getting that end of things uh, launched and going. And he is leading the charge and doing very, very well. So please check that out. Follow him at Fight Shack Fight. 
But we also have our premium service, FightfulSelect.com. If you want exclusive news every single day, FightfulSelect.com has it. And I mean like every day I'm posting some bit of exclusive news, some backstage news. I do six or seven shows a week, including a Q&A show where you can ask me anything you want. And the backstage report, which is all exclusive news in about, uh, it's really digestible, about 20 minute show. But we actually have a super chat. J.K. Schwal says, Alex Palau. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reviewing the Big Show show was the peak of Fightful. Oh, yes, it was. Uh, I think I need to assign him that, that, like, I feel like he should have to fantasy book the second season. Maybe he should. He should. Dizzy C says, Sean, you forget that it also ties back to Randy being frustrated over fighting Owens, and that led to him laying out Ric Flair. Yes, I like those little nuggets, those little, those little mementos. Anakin JMT says, Denise, does Denise watch sitcoms while she reads out Super Chats? You know what? Every now and then I butcher a few words, so it is what it is. I'm just going to Bring not... on the hammer. Yeah, I'm depressed now. I'm going to go and practice how to say it after the stream. <laughs> uh, Antoine didn't send a Super Chat, but he's, he's plugging Fightful MMA. So he says, Fightful MMA channel has been solid. If anyone enjoys that... I also recommend checking out the channel. Uh, Shaq is great. He's been doing a lot of interviews over there. Like, pros picks. He did uh, top fighters missing from EA UFC. And like I said, those those um, fightful fixes that give you the news are really great. Uh, Demi Burnett is not really great. What is the end game here? I didn't realize how popular she was. So I'm out of the loop with the whole bachelorette type of stuff. That's yeah. not really my cup of tea. Uh, but I went on her Instagram today because I finally got curious. And I went on and she has 1.3 million followers. So that's just about everything that I need to know. I mean, she's obviously this very beautiful, cute woman, uh, very popular. So we know why she's there. In terms of acting, not so great. But I mean. Okay. But. Let's put that in perspective. You have 125,000 TikTok followers without even trying. Yes. So, if you would try, and this is not me saying you shouldn't be on WWE, I think you'd be a fantastic presenter on WWE. I think I think WWE will probably hire you within the next two years. But, just because somebody has a large following, that does not necessarily mean like, bam, they should be on there. She ain't good. Yeah, I think they might be doing it just to sort of get a different type of audience. You know, more of the, I don't know, the the 
yeah. female audience that watches Bachelorette. Must I, be. I, but but I there let me just say it ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. No. Like I, I know those girls. I, I you know my I'm friends with those girls and they don't know or care about wrestling whatsoever. They know about it, but they don't actually ever engage in it. Somebody in the company told me that she was a fan of wrestling, but I don't know how how serious that is. But the Ivar ladies man stuff is trash too. Like I'm so over that. I'm ready to move on. Um, we have some super chats, by the way. If you want your question or statement read on the air, please donate a super chat. Lazy Evans says, now you chance to do a big show, show, show. <laughs> big Evan, show, show, show. <laughs> Evan Wright says, and if you want your big show to show, hey, no ad reads tonight, actually. Just Fightful Select plugs. Um, Cedric Alexander and Viking Raiders versus the Hurt Business. Cedric and Viking Raiders win. This match was like, all right. There wasn't much to it. it some occasionally good strikes, but I did like the finish. Cedric pins MVP with the tights, and MVP's like, he. it seemed like he was happy that that's how he lost. And he kept the Hurt Business from beating him up, beating Cedric up. But then they just do it backstage. Yeah, I I mean, this was honestly nothing special to me, like, whatsoever. It wasn't even one of the major highlights of Raw for me tonight. Um, I will say the, I will say this, though. I'm at, I am happy that Bobby Lashley is U.S. champion. I thought that how he won last night was pretty cool, uh, especially because the Hurt Business didn't get involved whatsoever. So I actually thought that made him look like an even more legitimate champion. Uh, but, I mean, this was really nothing. This yeah, week. there was nothing to this. Ricochet and Apollo run them off. Later on on Raw Underground, uh, we'll go ahead and skip ahead to at least their spot. It's supposed to be Shelton versus Apollo again. As Evan Wright says, I miss War Machine. Yeah, me too. They were real good. But it breaks down into a team fight, and then Shelton chokes out Apollo. I'm just like, eh. It helps the Hurt Business, but the Hurt Business just lost. They they 50-50 everyone yeah i mean honestly with the hurt business i i was feel there's certain weeks where i'm feeling it i'm like all right i really like what they're doing this week and then there's certain weeks where i'm like all right this is repetitive it's the same thing over and over nothing's really coming of it and that's it uh it's just not doing much for me i feel you oh i feel you uh the Cedric thing, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it ends up. Uh, so we're going to fast forward to the top contender semifinals. It's the fourth Dominic Seth Rollins match in eight days. WWE is the absolute worst at making you never want to see a match again, even if it's good. Seth Rollins. I don't feel that way, though. Oh, I, don't I don't feel wanna, that way. I don't want to see them wrestle ever again. Never, ever, ever against each other. <laughs> oh, you're going to see it like three more times, probably. Yep, they'll, they'll find a way to do it three more times within before August is over, and there's only ten minutes left in August. So August, away. yeah, Seth Rollins kicks Buddy Murphy out and says he doesn't want to see him again until he figures out what he stands for, and he slaps Murphy. This leads to Dominic attacking Murphy from behind. I did like that. I thought that was cool. What do you think is next with with Murphy? Dude, Murphy needs to stand up for himself. At this point, he's just been looking, you know, not great next to Seth Rollins anymore. Seth Rollins has been treating him like trash. So uh, at some point, he needs to man up and, you know, man up. 
And this match was it was good. Dom has some good offense. He almost wins at one point, and commentary sold it really well. Missed a frog splash, and Seth won with a stomp. I'm glad that Seth won clean. He does not need to cheat to beat Dominic Mysterio. All due respect to Dominic Mysterio, but Seth Rollins should not need to to cheat to beat him. But I never want to see him wrestle again. Rollins stomps him again. And Dizzy C says, Seems Rollins' next feud might be with Murphy. They've been teasing a turn since the eye stuff began. If they aren't going to do the Disciples thing, then yeah, I would I would like to see them face off. And I would actually like to see Buddy Murphy kind of be like a glutton for punishment. Like he's only facing Rollins to kind of earn his respect, not to stand up for himself. I'd like to see him just do it to earn his respect and feel like he's on par with Seth. But how do you how do you uh, feel like that'll go? Sort of like that thing where you he's like somebody that's like oh there's a word for that where someone's just like being mean to you and abusing you and abusing you or whatever and you sort of want to like just impress them in a sort of way it's like very sick yeah. and demented but I can definitely see that working especially for the Messiah character he's a yeah cult guy. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So because of that, I can see it working where he's like, oh, I'm this like loyal follower. So even though he treats me like horribly, I still want to impress him and, you know, show him that I can be whatever. So that would actually work really great. Yeah. Basically, like uh, everybody on Talk with Mr. Davis. That's pretty much how they all <laughs> act. Uh, so the match thought it was pretty solid. Seth won. I thought this was a really good match. I very much enjoyed it. I, I thought that it made Dominic look really good. Uh, I, I honestly think that in terms of his experience level, Dominic has been looking great in every match that I've been seeing him in. And the more and more that I see him, the more and more he looks more comfortable. He doesn't look out of place with whatever that he's doing. Uh, but obviously he's in there with good opponents. But nonetheless, I do like what Dominic has been doing. And I wasn't crazy about it in the beginning. I've been on here and I've said that I wasn't crazy about it. And I will say that every week I'm more and more uh, convinced that he's great. But yeah, obviously at some point he's going to have to break away and stop having matches with Seth Rollins. Anakin says, is Denise thinking of the term tough love? No, it may be. Oh yeah, tough love. There you go. Tough love would be the term. So, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, I just, I feel like I've seen everything that Dominic has to offer already after eight nights. So I just think if maybe he's with different opponents, then you'll see different stuff out of him. Possibly. Dizzy C says Apollo needs to lose his squad. He's the only one of them that can both wrestle and talk. Cedric and Rick or Ricochet just feel like super jobbers. I think they need their own manager. Quite frankly, I think that would help. Evan Wright says, Buddy Murphy equals John Silver, but less funny. All due respect to John Silver, I think Buddy Murphy's a bit of a better worker, but John Silver's an amazing worker, too. That's not taking anything away. Uh, but I see the comparison. Keith Palmer says, My biggest issue with the Big Show show was the constant heel turns and crying. Hey, that was just his career the last 20 years, unfortunately. <laughs> We had a pretty, uh, well, we'll go to the 24-7 title match. Akira Tozawa and the Ninjas pull up in a minivan. They aren't let in by a parking attendant who is a referee. R-Truth wins. I am very much ready to move on from him as as 24-7 champion. You know what? I'm going to disagree. So I just started watching 
his game show on the WWE Network, and I will tell you that it is the best thing that I'm watching. I've watched all the episodes, okay? And I'm Mm -hmm. actually going to watch the new episodes when they come out. So I like that he's so good at comedy so because of that i don't necessarily completely hate it i mean obviously the way that they do these uh 24 7 things are always the exact same thing and some of them are hit some of them are misses some of them are just not that funny but there are some really good moments with our troop that i do like but it is getting a little bit uh you know the same thing i did I, like, I like him show. i like him i just i'm ready to move on from him with the 24 7 title and but what else is there for him? Week. I just I, what else are they going to do? Doesn't oh, feel can... like there's anything for him. Yeah, but it, it always felt like there was nothing for him, and then all of a sudden he's with Carmella, and they're like one of the best acts That's on true. TV. He's so good at adapting, so I I don't doubt that they can figure out something. But uh, they figured out something for Riddick Moss. He knocked out Titus O'Neil. Titus is not one that I expected on Raw Underground. This, I don't, okay, so this happened last week, and so did the Jessamine and Marina matches. I mentioned them on Fightful Select. I don't know if they refilmed these, or if these were the ones from last week, because I don't think they knew they were doing the Iconics thing last week. So I will find out when this was. But I think Riddick Moss has been doing pretty good. They've protected him pretty well on this show so far. And as I had reported, Paul Heyman was going to push him to the moon. What what do you think of him so far? Because it's not clicking for some people. For other, it is. It's not clicking for me whatsoever. I don't see it. I, I didn't like his punches. I thought they looked really robotic. And it was very, very obvious. And I'm not – I don't usually like – I'm not like a stickler for those kind of things. I'm, you know, I, I'm not like always I like laser focused on that type of stuff. So it can – I could easily be distracted, yeah. but if I notice it, then that's a problem. Derek Davis says, can't be the only one that wants to see Sheamus at the underground in his white tank and taped hands gimmick. Uh, nope, wrestles in the same old gear. WWE keeps giving me blue balls, showing him brawl and match with promos. Yeah, I hope Sheamus gets sent to Raw because I want to see him on Raw Underground. I really do. I think that would be a good fit for him, uh, but... I, and if you want to succeed on Raw Underground, you got to have a little bit of technique, too. It can't just be you hit somebody really hard. you got to have some technique to stand out. Anakin JMT says, I wish the minivan was Sue's new van that Trent bought for her. A little crossover there. Uh, re- some Wrestle Talk Super Chats. Patelron6 says, All someone needs to do to get Luke his job back is to have a video of Haku threatening Ollie to hire Luke back or else. Well, I interviewed two of Haku's sons recently. Check that out. Tonga Loa and Tama Tonga. Interviewed them. But I dropped an interview with the former Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, today. It is a, one of my favorite interviews. Really loved it. Check it out. And this week, ahead of AEW All Out, I got Thunder Rosa coming to Fightful. She's got a lot going on. But one of the, the more underrated things going into tonight we wouldn't have even known the riot squad defeated the iconics riot squad get a title shot and the iconics have to split up now uh, okay this goes into a super chat the dizzy c says do you know anything about what brian alvarez alluded to about the iconic split being done quicker intended due to something behind the scenes no i don't but i will find out this was not built up enough it wasn't featured enough Maybe somebody was hurt or something. I don't know. That's just me spitballing. But to me, I'm like, you're doing a split gimmick. Give them time. 
this was lazy for them. They should have got some time for this. They definitely should have gotten a bill towards this to make it seem like, you know, make it feel more important. Because this yes. came out of nowhere where it was like, oh, OK, like no more. They're going to be together no more, whatever. But then they lose and you're like, oh, oh, this is really happening. And so it really just came out of nowhere. And I think I think, you know, what what I heard was that uh that they're looking for Peyton to sort of be, you know, that main star and, you know, obviously separating her from Billy and all of that. But I'm just going to say this, like, even though it seems that Peyton might be the one that might get the push, I honestly think that Billy might be the one that actually gets over because she is one of the few women out there doing comedy. She's doing something different. So I don't, don't be surprised if she ends up getting over more than Peyton, than Peyton Royce. So um, just because I think that right now, Peyton Royce still doesn't offer anything very different from some of the other women on the roster. So, um, I mean, obviously she can't be doing the same thing that the same character that she was doing us with the Iconics. Yeah. So that has to change. Toriano uh, or Toruyano, Santino, Morella, our truth. They all had very long careers still do a couple of them. You don't have that for the women right now. You don't have a comedy character and Billy Kay can be a comedic character. She is hilarious. She is hilarious. And Peyton is a little more serious. Um, they went to Raw Underground. <laughs> and they walk in on Jessamine Duke destroying a jobber. So when I got the news about, about Raw Underground last week, I, I, ha- I heard from a couple people that talked about Jessamine Duke on there, and then I, I reached out to a couple more that were there, and they were like, man, her striking looked really good. It's the best-looking striking that we've seen so far. And I was like, well, that's cool. And they said Marina looked really good, too. Jessamine did – oh, it's 11.59. She did a pant-shitter liver kick, <laughs> a beautiful one. And her opponent sold it, and she pounded them out. Marina just threw, I mean, you can tell she had trained with Ronda Rousey for a long time. Did a beautiful throw, a knee-in triangle. First off, before we talk about Billy, what did you think about their, their showing? This is really the biggest highlight of either one of their wrestling careers thus far. For, oh, for, for the Iconics? No, for, so, for, uh, oh, for Jessamine and Marina. Okay, so I thought Jessamine looked really great. I mean, honestly, it was what was expected. So with that being said, I thought she was good. But I'm still not completely feeling the raw underground thing. Like, it still doesn't feel – it still feels like movie fighting, something that I would see, you know, in a movie. So given that, I'm not completely crazy about it. But I thought thought they'd look great. Yeah, I'm very happy for them because they were having trouble finding their groove, finding their niche. This is something they can't excel in. This is something that can make them look good and I think can get them over. Peyton throws Billy to the wolves. Marina fakes her out. Jessamine hits a head kick. I mean, you're talking about two former pro MMA fighters there. That's going to work out well for them. But Billy this didn't feel like it made sense, though, in terms of Peyton throwing Billy in there. Because, like, one second they're in the ring and they're crying and they're hugging and, you know, all of that stuff. And then the next she throws her in there. Well, I mean, I guess it shows you how petty that Peyton is. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they refilmed the stuff that got scrapped from Underground last week. Because I don't think this angle was on there. So they may have just redone it. 
Colt Badeau says, I thought maybe they'd have Billy wear a mask and disguise herself to be Peyton's partner. Uh, but after she got murdered underground, I guess not. I, I honestly think that Peyton at, or Billy as a comedic character wearing like one of those injury face masks. Oh God, I hate those. I know, <laughs> but I think so horrible. I think she could be really funny with one of those. You know what I mean? No, but then it would hide her facial expressions, and that's part of that's, that's part of her point. charm. That's a very good point. Uh, so they're split, and I'm bummed. I love the Iconics, but there also was not a lot they could do. And if they ever want to put them back together, they can put them back together. Um, it is one of those situations. They, I'm like, what? What more were they going to do together? Yeah, and here's the thing, though, is that obviously we need more competitors for Asuka, but neither Peyton nor Billy have necessarily been built to have that credibility to go up against somebody like Asuka yet. So I do think that they're going to have to work on that in terms of them, you know, having their singles run and all of that. So, um, so I hope that they do it good. I hope that this isn't like, oh, in two weeks, all of a sudden they're back together and, you know, we're seeing something similar of what happened with Ruby and Liv Morgan. Eloquent says, where is Mustafa Ali? He's there. Um, he was. He worked uh, main event against Arturo Ruiz last week, the NXT guy who was on uh, Underground and didn't look great. Uh, he beat him in like six minutes. Uh, I actually watch that show. I watch every show, so go figure. Patel Ron 6 says, my Mills Lane voice. Let's get it on. I miss Mills Lane. Did you ever watch Celebrity Deathmatch back in the day? No, oh. I I don't think I watched it. A, I probably I I remember like glimpses, but nothing that really stuck to yeah. me. Uh, we Street Profits, Angel Garza, Andrade. I another match I do not want to see again. We have seen versions of this match eight times in six weeks. I am so done with it. They make a short joke about Zelina. It wasn't as lame as it sounds, but I'm sure you took umbrage with this. Oh hell yeah, I'm. I'm exactly Zelina's height, okay? Five feet, all right? So really? just FYI, yes, FYI, we could get on roller coasters, okay? I've never once in my life had an issue not getting on roller coasters because of my height, okay? Um, but, yeah, so no, you know which joke I actually did like? And I don't even remember the exact word, but it was when they were making fun of, uh, of Andrade, where they were saying, like, oh, he's always saying tranquilo, but yet he's always really mad. I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah. So we get this match, and it's a tornado tag match. Um, Angel Garza and Demi Burnett have a terrible relationship. Like, they got a split. They're terrible together. Uh, the match itself, I hate the Tower of Doom. I love the Del Rio spot now because Angel Garza holds a guy up. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, Dawkins gets worked over. Andrade uses Hanging Triangle. And to me, the highlight of the match was Montez doing that blockbuster right before the match ended. As for the match, anything really stick out? Because that wasn't even the story. Honestly, no, not really. I mean, I felt like it happened so quick, and the next thing you know, we have the flashing lights, and bam, we're on to retribution. Terrible camera work. Miserable camera work. There was something else during the sh It might have been during this match, actually, where it... Oh, I forgot what was happening, but it was very, very obvious that there was a... Like, just you just see the camera swoosh by, and there was, like, nothing there. And then it was like, oh, try to grab this spot. I think it was during this match, too. I just don't remember exactly, Zel but it they was missed, very, very obvious. They missed Zelina. Like, Zelina did this great thing with her facial expression where she's like, man, these three women right here, I got to fight them. And she was like, 
Oh, well, guess I got to fight him. And they missed her doing that. They had to show you alternate footage. This happens a lot with Kevin Dunn produced stuff. AJ Styles' debut is a good example. Kevin Dunn was too busy doing other stuff to get what he should have got, and WWE had to release alternate footage. This happened with Edge and his return, too. They do this all the time. All the complication isn't necessarily better. Retribution attack, everyone. There were a couple things that I thought added some gravity to this. Zelina added gravity to it. Andrade going back-to-back with Street Profits, the guys he's been feuding with nonstop for six weeks. Him being like, all right, we're in this together. That added gravity to it. And Angel Garza, as soon as he saw the lights flicker, grabbing to me and getting her out of there, that added some gravity to it as well. What'd you think? He was the only smart one that was like, I'm going, I'm leaving, I know what this means, I'm out. I actually thought that part was great, but, and then afterwards, with with what happened afterwards, I'm like, wow, way to go, Angel Garza, like, you were a hero, and then you just weren't. Yeah, oh gosh, Oh. so backstage. But the Zelina breakdown was great, by the way, because she's looking and she's thinking, all right, I got three people. Let me go at it. Obviously, we just saw like the side angle. You said we didn't mm-hmm. get to see all that facial stuff, but uh, I did like that because she was just like one woman for herself. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, so backstage, Angel tells Demi that he had to protect her. He didn't abandon anybody. Otherwise, he'd never forgive himself. And then Retribution shows up and he darts. Eloquent says, Angel Garza running away was hilarious. I agree. Uh, Blue Chew, it was messed up. Blue Chew Dudley says, on Raw Talk, Angel Garza told Charlie Caruso the reason he abandoned Demi was to make sure he made it to Raw Talk on time. <laughs> no. I love it. it. I love it. He was afraid he was going to miss Raw Talk. This was so good. He just booked it. Men. I Men. love it. That's all I'm going to say. Anakin JMT says every time Angel is on screen with another woman that is not his fiance, Alex Palowski loses another blood vessel in his head. I, I mean, I think that's part of the scummy aspect of him. Like, I think somebody should mention, didn't you get engaged on TV? And he should be like, ah, don't worry about that. Like one of those. Oh, and whenever that happens, that'll be great. Yeah. I, I could see Kevin Owens doing it. Like if he was on the KO there show or something go. like that. He's the perfect guy to be like, hey, weren't you married, bro? Like what's going yeah. on there? I love that. Like people will kind of remember that. I mean, remember when Triple H called out Kofi for not having an accent? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I remember that. Kofi should have looked at him and said, what happened to yours? Because he had an accent when he started. Nah. <laughs> uh. Phoenix down 813 says it's time for retribution to be unmasked. Yeah, I think so, but some of them are very obvious. They they probably need to tell some of these people, "Hey, dress different than you do normally when you come up show like shown as retribution. Like some of these people, you can spot who they are based on them wearing the same clothes cuz they don't wear regular clothes ever. It's so weird. Keith Palmer says, why did Retribution come back after the break if they weren't going to do anything else? Did one forget their keys? Well, we also saw Adam Pierce going off on security. I'm liking Adam Pierce on WWE TV. I think he's really good. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he exudes the powerful, you know, man behind the scenes. He plays that really well. He's so good at that. He's so good at that. Uh, guys, get your super chats in as we uh, wrap up this show. Because we are at the main event. Nathan Vila says, I was a virtual fan today in Thunderdome. 
Main event had Ricochet versus Ali. They had a great match as expected. Great or good story and great spots. They need more TV time. Yeah, I'm going to watch that match. I cannot wait to see that match. But we got a good one in the uh, short, shorter one. But top contender tournament finals. Randy Orton defeated Seth Rollins and Keith Lee. He will get the shot at Drew McIntyre. I thought Orton was hilarious at the start of this, Denise. Telling Ro- like Rollins was going off on him for not helping. And he goes, yeah, people changed their mind. Sorry. And he's like, I already had a fight earlier today. Yes. I was like, all right, he's got some points there, honestly. That's the point. He RKO'd Kevin Owens. <laughs> Rollins had a full-on match with Dominic. I love it. That's the thing. Roll- Orton should have said something like, you faced a guy that's 190 pounds. I faced a 250-pound guy. I had to do a you lot know, more than you. When we get those Randy Orton, like, funny moments, I, I, there's something about him that the way he does it, it's it's almost like that's his, like, real personality. It so it comes across as, like, more funny because, like, part of you knows that, that he's literally getting a kick out of whatever he's doing. It is because we've seen him troll. We saw him troll all through contract negotiations. And we saw mm-hmm. him go at Tony Khan. And we see him going back and forth with the, with the Young Bucks. He's a very funny guy. I mean, they <laughs> they they do a joke on on the Matt Cardona Brian Myers thing about like 2005 Orton and it's like an angry face, and then 2020 Orton and it's a smiley face, and like how much easier he is to deal with. But I thought he was really good here. They took out Keith Lee and Orton turned on Rollins. I didn't expect to see Rollins doing a Falcon Arrow to Randy Orton. I don't usually see him do that kind of bump, but. Lee comes back and wrecks everybody, and that's what people want to see baby faces do, I think, Denise. Am I alone in that? No, I you wanna why are you gonna be behind someone if they're not impressive? Just because they're nice? Because yes. they're, they're good guys? No, there needs to be a reason. He needs to do cool stuff for me to, you know, be excited for this person. It's just only natural human instinct. Yeah. Well, Rollins had some nice offense. I love that he did the the spinning elbow, the roaring elbow. And I'm really liking that Keith Lee has been catching people like out of super kicks, curb stomps with the spirit bomb. The end of this match, so I'm conflicted because we're going right back to Orton and Drew. It did leave enough there for us, but they protected Keith Lee here in in many ways. Lee did not eat the pin. Lee's finish caused the pin. And not only that, Orton RKO'd Lee, and because he knew how bad Lee was, he was like, you know what? I felt that spirit bomb last night. I'm going to go pin Seth Rollins. I thought that was a unique little way to put Keith Lee over without him winning. So, okay, so first of all, I start off with the spirit bomb. Damn, <laughs> Seth Rollins, man. I it, it took me out of surprise where I had, like, a gasping moment where he he just took a sick bump after. I mean, that was great. The way he yes. did it was fantastic. Like, anybody after follows that, it ain't going to be as great as what Seth Rollins did. Um, but I love the finish. And the, the thing about Randy Orton hitting his RKO but not pinning Keith Lee, if you think about it, think about, like, the significance of the RKO where he – has beaten so many men with the RKO, right? So obviously that only adds to the power of his finisher. But the fact that he hit his finisher on Keith Lee but didn't actually go for the pin 
uh, for Keith on Keithley. It's like if he didn't feel it was enough to keep him down. So I almost feel like with that, he just put over Keithley so much where it didn't necessarily, uh, he, you know, obviously he didn't get the pin, but the fact that he didn't feel that the RKO was enough to get him, to keep him down to get this pin, uh, says a lot about Keithley and where his future is heading. Yeah, uh, Injection 2K says, I can see Keith Lee versus Seth Rollins after tonight. That makes a lot of sense, too. Makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Dizzy C says, is Randy the transitional heel chant between McIntyre and Lee? No, I don't think so. And I will transition that into Anakin's super chat, which says, safe to say there's a high chance Orton wins the title and Edge wins the Royal Rumble to challenge him at Mania? I think possibly, but that's that's the thing, Denise. I think that match is going to happen. I do not think that Edge and Randy Orton need a championship. <laughs> I don't think they need no. that. I don't need that. That's been a very that's been a very very story based uh, program, so they definitely do not need that. But hold on, did somebody mention uh, Seth Rollins, Keith Lee? Yes. In the chat right now? Okay, because that was actually what I was going to come on here and say that I think that, you know, once Seth Rollins moves on, have him move on to Keith Lee because I do think that they would have some hell of matches because they would be, I mean, think about, like, how fast Seth Rollins can work and with Keith Lee and all of, like, the power that he brings in, I think they'll have some very fun, exciting matches to help even further build Keith Lee. So um, I think that one's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, guys, thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. When I tell you we got crazy amounts of content all week, I mean it. Fightful Wrestling Weekly drops every Tuesday. Bunch of exclusive news in there. I've got a ton of stories up on Fightful Select uh, about a, a Rey Mysterio reference edited out of AEW. Backstage reaction to the Thunderdome. Why Matt Cardona said that he learned his lesson from WWE taking control of Z True Long Island story. We've just got so much over there. And subscribe to Fightful Select. That helps us a ton. But Denise has got a bunch of stuff going on too. Tell them about what you got going on. All right, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. That is my life right now. This month I published 35 videos, wow. which for by myself is, you know, not too shabby. It's really so, good. um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So come check it out because I have, like, so much stuff. Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre interview, Mickey James, TJ Perkins. I mean, there's there's just so many. Like, go on there. And then I also have, like, other random videos that I think you guys might enjoy. And then Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Show her some support, guys. It's a good time. I will be back. Uh, I'll be back later this week. But Tuesday night, we're doing a post-NXT show after that Iron Man match. Really quickly... How do you predict that the Iron Man match ends? <sighs> I don't know. Ooh, let me think about that for a second. I'll make a bold prediction. I think the NXT title Iron Man match ends with Finn Balor, Adam Cole in a draw, Pat McAfee comes down, costs Adam Cole the match, and Finn Balor becomes the NXT champion. That's how I think it's going to happen. I have Finn Balor winning. But I don't necessarily know if that would be the exact way. I just have him as my pick, though. There you go. I can handle that. We have a post or a post AEW show Wednesday. Jeremy Lambert has shows Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. He'll be here for the All Out post show on Friday, and of course, the list in your boy every Wednesday. It's our weekly news show. How about this? 
Later this week, Thursday, I'll be doing all-out predictions with Luke Owen of WrestleTalk. Until next time, guys, thank you all so much. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.